brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. My name is Mac, and I'm so grateful you guys are back for a brand new episode. I'm going to do a solo one this week. I have kind of a lot of things going on. Life has gotten really busy, and um, you know, I wanted to check in with you guys kind of like I have in the past and done like a little therapy session. I kind of want to do that again. Before we get started, though, I wanted to thank Joy for last week's episode. Holy crow, Joy. Um, if you haven't listened to the end of Joy's story, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but a week later and I still, my mind is absolutely blown. Uh, Joy, you are tremendously strong, um, tremendously resilient, and I really have a lot of admiration for you. Also, you know, before I start this new episode, um, I am going to plug my normal stuff. So please follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at dimming underscore the underscore gaslight. Please email me if you'd like to be a part of the show at dimmingthegaslight at gmail.com. And also, please give the show five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave a review because I, I, I got a new review in re most recently about the Joy episode. And uh, yeah, I'm not the only one whose mind was blown. All right, so let's get into it, guys. Um, I My life has gotten busy, man. My life has gotten really busy. And I'll be honest with you guys. I almost didn't do an episode this week. At this very moment, it's 8.44 p.m. on Saturday night, and I usually put out episodes on Sunday. I schedule them um, on Sundays at 5 a.m. It's 8.44 on Saturday night, and I'm just recording this episode now. Um, I am so busy. <laughs> I'm so busy. Um, I Well, first and foremost, um, I want to tell you guys, as many of you may have seen from a recent Instagram post, I, uh, I replicated something that I saw early on in my narcissistic abuse you know, recovery journey. Um, I replicated a picture of, I got a new apartment and I'm so freaking grateful. And uh, I put blankets and sheets and just stuff on the ground. And I slept on the floor for a couple days because I didn't have a bed yet. And uh, I got an apartment, man. Um, it's been seven months for all intents and purposes. I've been homeless. Um, I've been sleeping in my car. I've been couch surfing. Um, I have just literally ch turned chicken shit into chicken salad for seven months. Um, and I was kind of left without a choice um, because I've really exhausted all my options um, and I had to get an apartment. Um, in order to do it, I had to take out a pretty substantial loan um, because of these lawyer bills and, and stuff, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging money. I've said that in the past. Uh, and even with this new job that I've gotten, which is, is a pretty good job, um, it's still really difficult financially. And, and that's my biggest issue. So I had to take out a loan. Um, but thank God that I did. Um, <laughs> we'll see how I feel about that in five years. Um, but I got my own place and I have a roof over my head and I do have a bed and, uh, you know, Facebook Marketplace has been tremendously um, helpful because I have gotten furniture. Some people are just moving and people don't want to move their shit. And they're just like, yeah, take this thing for free. So I got a desk. I got uh, a dresser. I got a couple of like these standing kind of, um, I don't even know what you would call them, almost like China cabinets. Um, people give shit away for free. And uh, if you're just willing to get rid of it. And I have a friend who um, has a pickup truck and he helped me move some stuff. And uh, yeah, it's really coming together. Um, I'm just kind of missing a couch and a couple of TV stands and uh, some stuff like that. But my apartment is awesome. And I'm really glad that I have it. 
Um, I'm really glad that I'm not homeless. Uh, I gotta, I gotta be honest though. There's a lot of humility in sleeping in your car and, uh, you know, crashing on people's couches. I've always been a provider in my life and, um, it's not easy for me to ask for help. Uh, so it was difficult asking for help. Um, and I almost didn't mind, uh, being in such need, but I, I got to admit I was super uncomfortable. So anyway, I got my first apartment and it is so nice. I, I, a lot of times I just lay on the ground, lay on these new rugs that I got and I stare up at the, at the ceiling and go, I, I can't believe I made it. I can't believe I made it. Um, I'm really, 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 really grateful. Um, and my job is going tremendously well. I mentioned, uh, you know, I just, I mentioned about a month ago, um, that I started a new job in New York city. Um, it's going really well. Um, I absolutely, you know, I love working in New York city. It's really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm a New Jersey guy, but, um, I've always been a fan of, of New York city and I love sightseeing and just meeting people. And, uh, I'm in a really cool area, um, in Midtown. Uh, if anybody wants to hit me up, maybe we could do lunch or something. Um, but yeah, it's been really, really cool. So, uh, life is really good, but it's really busy. And, uh, I have been struggling to kind of do the podcast. Um, it's kind of taken a back seat. I want to let you guys know, reach out to me if you want to be on the episode, uh, want to do an episode with me, um, because I'd like to bank these episodes. I hope this isn't uh, spoiling the the magic of Hollywood for anybody, but I don't, you know, a lot of these episodes that I put out with guests are recorded and, you know, I put them out in, you know, weeks. So um, I'd like to bank some episodes to make it just easier on my time uh, so that I can, you know, keep this thing going. Um, or else I might have to take a little hiatus because things have gotten really busy. Um, so yeah, reach out to me, uh, email me, dimmingthegaslightergmail.com. You can DM me on Instagram, um, and I will, you know, we'll make it happen. Um, so yeah, work's going well. Uh, the apartment is amazing. Um, but I want to tell you guys about some unsettling things, I guess you can call it, that the next has been doing to me. Um, so, well, before I get into that, I got a recent call from my lawyer and, uh, I hadn't paid my lawyer in about a month and a half. And he called me to let me know that his firm told him that if I can't pay the balance in full, he was going to have to let me go. Plus the retainer. The balance in full was $12,000 plus his $7,500 retainer fee. So I just gave my lawyer $20,000 two days ago. I just put it on my credit card. Um, <laughs> I, I don't mean to brag. Um, I've never had money issues. I've never had debt issues. Um, I have a really high credit score and I have a credit card with no limit on it. And I just charged $20,000 on it. And I just shrugged and I said, I don't know. Figure it out when I figure it out. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so I just got charged $20,000 from my lawyer because of all this bullshit that my next is doing. So the first thing I want to tell you guys about is, so I commute into New York City and I have to take a train. Okay. So um, before uh, I was taking a bus when I started this, but now that I got an apartment, um, I, I have to take the train. Now the bus runs every half an hour. Okay. The train runs every hour. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is that 
I have dinner dates with my kids on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 4 to 6.30 p.m., okay? However, because of commuting issues, I can't get to my kids now until 4.30. So I messaged my next and I just told her the truth. I said, you know, because of my relocation and because of the transit system, I can't get there at four o'clock anymore. And she told me too bad. Um, they have a strict bedtime schedule um, where they have to be asleep by 7.15 and I can't move my, my drop-off time to seven o'clock uh, because I'm infringing on their bedtime routine so horribly. Um, so I said, listen, if you want me to go through the lawyers, I'll go through my lawyers, okay? But I really don't think that we need to go through lawyers and and fight about my visitation times over a half an hour, okay? A half an hour. Um, and I really truly think that my children's relationship with their father is, you know, pretty important. I mean, we're talking about a half an hour, and here's the thing. Let's say the kids go to bed at 7.15, right? I have a six and a three-year-old. Let's say they go to bed at 7.15 p.m. and they wake up for school and daycare at 7. That's still 12 hours, all right? So if I take an extra half an hour, we're talking, let's say, 11 hours. My kids are still getting 11 hours of sleep a night. Um, so I was a little frustrated, as you can imagine, that I had to pay $20,000 in lawyer bills and that she wouldn't uh, bend for an extra half an hour drop-off. I mean, and I'm only asking for a half an hour. I mean, it really should not be so complicated. Um, so she said that she called her lawyers. She said she filed um, a report with the police. Um, and uh, I haven't heard anything about it. But I did hear from her lawyers. And they said, you know, basically it's along the lines of who do I think I am to change my consent order. Um, but you know what? All the things that she does to me, she just gets a slap on the wrist. So pff, what do I care? Um, these are my kids. And the other thing is like, like, I get it. I get it. And I have to see the bigger picture. I have to see the forest for the trees. I have to not mess up my, my visitation, but I'm talking a half an hour. You know what I mean? Like, I hope you can sense this, this struggle in my voice right now. I'm talking a half an hour, man. I'm not talking hours and hours, and hours. It's a half an hour. And you know what? The kids are almost out of school. So, um, shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, so there's that. Um, and so she's also messaging me. Oh, and she said that my kids didn't sleep at night. And she's sending me all these pictures of the kids wide awake. And uh, she said that um, the kids had an accident because they were just so disoriented from going to bed so late. I'm like, get a freaking grip. Get a grip. All right. So my new thing um, especially because I don't want to keep racking up these lawyer bills is I'm not going to answer her anymore unless it's absolutely imperative. Um, it's just doesn't go anywhere. Um, she constantly used the word abuse and says that I'm abusing her, which is not fucking true. Um, it's just, I can't take it anymore. I can't, I can't take the interaction. And you know what? Like I'm just going to stick to absolutely necessary things that I have to talk to her about. And I just get the feeling that I'm going to start racking up a lot of unread messages in our family wizard because I can't do it anymore, man. I can't. It's just, it's so frustrating for no fucking reason. Um, so 
yesterday, she messaged me that my daughter told her that um, her her like the leg buckles on her car seat don't work. And my daughter's three, and she told her that the buckles on her car seat don't work. Now, I don't know if anybody has kids um, who's listening to this. A lot of you do. Um, but my daughter doesn't like buckling the bottom of her seat belt because she says it's uncomfortable. But what she told my ex was that it's broken. Okay? So my ex sent me a message on our family wizard and said, do you not buckle in the kids? And I said... No, she goes, send a picture of the kids buckled into their seatbelt. And I replied, no, I'm not doing that. I don't have to do that. So I said, no. Um, so today I picked my kids up um, for my visitation time. And she followed me, physically followed me to my car and started recording me, buckling the kids into the seatbelt. So I buckled the lower portion of the thing. And my daughter says, I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. And she starts whining and everything. My next approaches the car and I shut my daughter in the car and she stood outside of the window of my car recording my daughter. And I said, she's buckled. Get away from my car now. And she did. Right. So then we went to my son's t-ball practice and my son, you know, whatever, great job. My daughter and I were playing, watching him. him and um, my next watched from a distance, as she does. And then when it was over, um, you know, it was my visitation time with the kids. So we left and, and we went to go do what we're going to do. And um, so, you know, me being the person I am, I said, go give mommy a kiss goodbye. And uh, they go and give her a kiss goodbye. And again, she follows me to my car. And I turned around and I looked at her and I said, if you come another five feet in, in my vicinity, I will be calling the police. And my son heard it and I couldn't help it. But I said, I'm going to call the police if you come within five feet of me. So um, she parked her car next to mine intentionally. So she rolled down the window and started filming my car parked next to me. And I said again, this is your last chance. If you want to traumatize the children, this is on you. But I will call the police unless you leave immediately. And I felt so bad because my son just started crying. And he was, no, don't, don't, don't. And he didn't understand. He's six. Um, but I need to protect myself. Um, I didn't do anything wrong. My daughter was buckled into her seatbelt. This is not, you know, she messaged me. It's child endangerment. It's not child endangerment, you know. Um, and this just was her thing. Um, so then I'm pulling out of the parking lot and she's pulled over to the side of the road with her phone hanging out of the, the driver's side window recording me still. So I pulled in front of her and I turned my car off and she said, she messaged me that she's writing down my license plate to provide it and she's calling the police for child endangerment over a seat belt. So I said, okay, I will wait here for the police to come. I said, you are following me and this is stalking. I was like, so call the police and have them come or I will. And I was calling her bluff because if you know a narcissist, it's all about their image. Okay. It's always about their image. 
So I knew she's not going to call the cops. I knew it, but I fucking will. And if you're going to follow me over a seatbelt, I'm not playing these games. And I feel really bad that the kids saw it. You know, it's, I, I, I've been struggling with it all day, but also for the same token, like, man, I had a false restraining order put on me. Um, you know, I have lived seven months of homelessness, absolutely flat, goddamn broke, and I'm not putting up with this anymore. So I have to document everything. So um, I didn't call the police. I didn't call the police. She left and I recorded her leaving because she was afraid that I was going to call the police. Like I said, in the town she grew up in, you know, causing a problem where all, you know, we were just at my son's t-ball game and everybody saw me playing with my kids and cheering them on. And now she's going to call the cops on me. Um, she would have looked like an idiot. So, um, and then she's messaging me all day that, you know, the police are looking for me. I'm like over a seatbelt, man, like in your little podunk town, <laughs> you, the police are looking for me. There's like three cops. Like they got nothing better to do other than a seatbelt. I was like, you're just crazy. You're insane. And, and she doesn't get it. And I'm sick and tired to try, sick and tired of trying to prove it to her that she's insane. Just the lights are on, but nobody's home. And it's such harassment. And just leave me alone. I've moved on with my life. Leave me alone. Leave me alone, man. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. She's written me a bunch of messages today, and I'm not going to read it. I got better things to do. Um, I can come on this podcast, and, and I can uh, vent a little bit. So thank you guys for listening. So, yeah, I mean, there's all these just stupid things that she gets on my case about. Um, but um, kind of changing speeds a little bit. So after all this stress, right, after all this stress that I've endured – over these last couple, well, seven months, uh, seven and a half months now, um, I've noticed something about myself. I have become extremely forgetful, <laughs> um, really forgetful. And when I say I'm really forgetful, I'll give you some examples. Um, I don't know if this is called cognitive dissonance. Um, I've been doing some research on cognitive dissonance to see if this is on the same plane. I don't necessarily think it lines up. I think it's just um, PTSD symptoms. Um, but okay, so for example, on like my second day of work, okay, um, I got to the office and I I carry like a knapsack, like a like a bag, like a messenger bag over my shoulders walking to work. And I got to the office and I have this one compartment of this bag that was unzipped and I looked in there and I started freaking out that I lost my wallet. Um, and it's my second day of the job. You know, I don't want to bug out <laughs> at my job, but I'm like, fuck, you know, is there a worse place in the world than to lose your wallet in New York city? Like shit. Um, so I started freaking out and I started thinking, okay, when's the last time I had my wallet? When's the last time I had my wallet? My wallet? Did I put it in this bag? I couldn't remember. Um, and I was talking to my coworker who's just a really cool guy, completely understanding. And I was telling him, like, yo, I'm freaking out a little bit because I can't remember the last time I had my wallet. And uh, I started just like thinking, like, when's the last time I used it? And it was the night before I took the kids out to ice cream. I was like, oh, okay. Like I have my wallet, right? And that was, that was just tip of the iceberg. Okay. 
But then, <laughs> so a couple weeks later, um, I was crashing a couple weeks ago. I was crashing on a friend of mine's couch and, uh, I have to be up. I, I negotiate as part of my, um, work schedule. So I have my kids, like I said, from four to six 30. So I negotiated to leave on Tuesdays and Thursdays by 2 PM from New York city to go pick up my kids by four. Okay. However, it means that I have to start at 7 a.m. and commute from New Jersey to New York, and I got to start at 7 a.m., which means I got to wake up by 5 to get out the door, okay? So I was staying at my friend's house. I was crashing on his couch, commuting into New York at 5 o'clock in the morning, right? So the night before, like I try and get so prepared and I set out my suits and I set out my bag and I fill my bag with my wallet and everything I know I need and my keys and my headphones and everything I know I need, right? And my computer, of course, my chargers and everything I know I need. And uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm walking out the door. It's five o'clock in the morning. Okay. I get out and my friend that I was staying with has his own house keys and his apartment. Um, there's like a like a public door that locks and then he has the actual door to his apartment. So I take one step outside and I hear click and the public door locks. I touch my um, pockets and I don't have my phone. <sighs> I don't have my phone. And I go, it's five o'clock in the morning. My friend is dead to the world. He's not going to wake up if I call him, you know, his phone's on silent. And I was like, and I got to get into New York. I can't like wait until he wakes up to get my phone. Um, so I said, you know what? I had my keys. I had everything else. I said, screw it. I'm just going to go the day without my phone. And I don't know if you guys have ever done that, but I can tell you with conviction, I am heavily addicted to my phone. I see it now. And I actually don't fucking mind because when I actually got it back, that, that addiction was, was satisfied. Uh, and it felt so fucking good. Um, but it caused such a tremendous amount of problems because for one, my bus pass to get into the city was on my phone. So when I got to the bus, I had to beg them uh, and be like, listen, here's the deal. It's 5 a.m. I stayed with my, you know, I locked my, I, I said I locked my keys and my phone in my apartment. It was just easier than saying I'm, you know, sleeping on my friend's couch or whatever. But I'm like, I locked my keys in my phone in my apartment. I was like, I don't have my bus pass to get on that. I was like, you guys have seen me, right? Like I've been here for weeks. You've seen me, you know I'd ride this bus. And they're like, it's okay, it's okay. And going there and coming back, they bought the story. It's, it's, it's the real story, you know? Like, I find that if you're just honest with people and you tell them that you're a fuck-up, <laughs> they're, they're much more lenient. And uh, both bus drivers were really nice, and, and they let me come on, and, and I didn't have to pay. And I did have my – you know, obviously, I had my bus pass. They've been seeing me there for weeks. Um, but I was so frustrated. And luckily, I have an iWatch. So um, I guess on Wi-Fi, you can still text on iWatch, even if you don't have your phone, even if it's not within distance of Bluetooth, it still worked. So I was able to do that. But I just these, oh my God, like I try, like, well, I have, I have more stories about this. I'm noticing just how forgetful I am. So here's another story, right? So I moved into this new apartment and uh, I had to do laundry for the first time, okay? So... Um, I knew that the laundry room closed at nine o'clock and it was eight o'clock when I started my laundry, but I needed my stuff for the next day for work. So I had to do laundry. It was like, I could have gone to a laundromat, but I'm like, I have it here. Like, why would I go to a laundromat? Right. I was thinking, you know what? I'd pop it in the dryer and at nine o'clock, I would just take it out no matter how dry it was and just deal with it. Right. So 
Um, I put everything in the washing machine and then um, I have this really cool picnic area in my apartment complex that overlooks the New York City skyline. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, so I was like, I'm just going to sit out here and I'm just going to listen to my music and I'm just going to reflect until nine o'clock and I'm going to watch to see if anybody comes to lock the door. Okay. So at 8.55, I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and there wasn't anywhere to go to the bathroom. There wasn't a bathroom nearby. I'm like, shit, I'm going to run upstairs, go to my apartment, go to the bathroom. I'll be back by nine. It was 8.55. I get back down at 9.03. I walk over to the laundry room and it's locked. And all my stuff is in the washing machine. And I go, are you fucking kidding me? So I called the property manager and I'm like, listen, I was like, this is what happened. Again, I just tell the truth. I'm like, you know, maybe bad decision making, whatever you want to call it. But like my stuff is locked in there and I have like suits and pants and like expensive stuff that I cannot lose, especially because I'm flat goddamn broke. I was like, I need this stuff. And she goes, well, the laundry room opens tomorrow at 8 a.m. You can get it then. I said, but I have a bus to, I mean, I have a train to catch at seven o'clock. I was like, I can't, I can't do that. And she's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. She's like, the, the landlord lives an hour away. He's not going to come up there to unlock the thing. And I'm listening to her. I was like, you don't understand. Like, I can't lose my shit. And I'm panicking and I'm freaking out. And then <laughs> I look over at the window <laughs> and I see a screen on the window, right? So I walk over to the window and I'm like, I'm going to pop this screen off and I'm going to crawl through the window. <laughs> so I go over to the window and that's exactly what I did. I popped, I hung up with the... Uh, building manager, popped the screen off and started crawling through the window. <laughs> the moment I get through the window, I look up and there's a big black camera staring right at the window, watching me crawl through it. And literally, I just start laughing because like, I'm just like, whoever sees this video, I look like a fucking idiot crawling through the window, but I needed my clothes and I was desperate and I'm not leaving there them there until the following night at like 9 p.m. because I'm in the city and like, how am I going to get my clothes? I'm like, I'm, I'm not dealing with it. I'm just not dealing with it. So I got my shit. I put it in a bag and I crawled out the window like fucking the Grinch who stole his, stole his laundry and I left. <laughs> so the next night, the next afternoon, I'm at work and I get an email <laughs> and it's the building manager and she goes, so I see why you hurried off the phone. <laughs> she goes, I'm glad you got your stuff, but I'm going to have to charge you $65 for a bent screen. I wrote back and go, listen, completely worth it. <laughs> charge me $65 for a bent screen because I would have had to replace all of my clothes again that she had thrown out all my clothes. I would have had to replace them again. <laughs> but I'm still still laughing at the thought of like me crawling through the window and there's a camera and whoever's watching this surveillance video, I'm like, well, tough shit. I'm already through now. I'm not going back the other way. Like, what was I going to do? Turn around and go out? No, I'm going to get my stuff. Fuck it. I don't care. But oh my God, I still think it's so funny. Um, so yeah, I've, do, I, like, I've gotten so forgetful. I don't know if it's forgetful. I don't know if it's bad luck. I don't know if it's cognitive dissonance. I don't know what it is, man. But like, my brain doesn't feel as sharp as it used to be before this happened. Maybe it's just fog. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I was joking with a friend. Maybe I need to take like fish oil or something um, because I know that helps your memory. But like, fuck, man. Like, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Um, that's not true. I take that back. 
I'm going to edit that out. I don't feel good about saying that. I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate, man. I've had a lot of really tough things, and uh, I've really seen my way through it. Um, God has really helped me my way through this, and you guys have really helped me, and my friends have really helped me, and uh, yeah, I, I should not say I have bad luck. I got really good luck, and I'm really grateful. Um, so yeah, uh, I've been really forgetful, and if anybody can identify with that, shoot me a message. Um, let me know how you handle that. Um, I'm trying to get better and it's, I guess it's just planning. Um, I had somebody tell me, you know, like say out loud, right? Like my keys are in my pocket. My wallet is in my pocket. My headphones are in my, like say it out loud so you can confirm with yourself. And I'm like, uh, you know, you sound crazy doing it, but it's better than forgetting your phone and not having it all day and going through that, you know, agitation. So yeah, that's my story about forgetfulness. So um, um, so I want to tell you guys another story, and um, I'm a little hesitant to talk about it. Um, the way I see this podcast sometimes for myself is like a time capsule, okay? And what I mean by that is uh, I, I really have this focus on this podcast being evergreen. You know, I want it to age well. Um, and that's why I, you know, when I was choosing like the name Dimming the Gaslight, right? Like I felt like that was a very evergreen name. Like that really can't go sour. Um, so I think of this podcast kind of like a time capsule of events in my life. And, um, I don't necessarily think it's entirely necessary to tell you guys everything. Um, but then again, I step back sometimes and I say, well, there's people that are going through the same thing and I should share it and I should talk about it. So, um, I recently met someone, uh, that I dated for about a month. Um, and <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this, but I'm not going to throw her under the bus in any way because she was beautiful, smart, very, um, personable, very good person, very good person. Um, but I will say that I noticed a red flag in the beginning with this person where I felt like they caused a problem over something that didn't need to be a problem. And then um, when the problem turned into an argument, they told me that I don't handle conflict well. Um, and my reaction was, well, I wouldn't have to handle it well if there was no conflict to be started. Um, so me and this person recently uh, broke it off. And uh, I feel like um, it was my first boundary set in terms of like the dating game and not, uh, not forcing my way through those red flags. You know, I don't necessarily want to call them a red flag, but... Um, it's just, I know what I'm willing to, to uh, I know what I deserve and I'm, I know what I want and I'm not willing to settle for less. Um, and so, you know, uh, I just, we mutually broke it off and um, I'm kind of glad that we did because I feel like I dodged a bullet. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Just wanted to throw that out there. Like I said, this is kind of like my therapy session. Um, again, <laughs> She's a good person, but just didn't work out. So um, anyway, 
so yeah, that's another thing. And then, uh, oh, so I want to tell you guys about this. Um, so if you listen to my earlier podcasts, right, um, way back when this started, I told you guys a story about a band that I absolutely love. And the name of the band is called The Gaslight Anthem. Uh, and the word gaslighting got me to, you know, because I love this band and they're from New Jersey and I'm from New Jersey. And, uh, so that's what got me understanding gaslighting. Okay. Now I recently discovered that the gaslight anthem is going on tour (laughs) and I saw that they are in New Jersey on October 8th. I kid you not October 8th was the day that I discovered that my ex was gaslighting me. So if anybody's listening to this, I bought tickets to go see the Gaslight Anthem in Homedale, New Jersey on October 8th, 2022. And if you want to meet up with me at this concert, I'll be there uh, because I absolutely love the Gaslight Anthem. And uh, yeah, I cannot believe just the serendipitous, oh my God, like, I'm going to go see the Gaslight Anthem. And actually, I reached out to someone, um, one of my followers on Instagram that, uh, you know, like I really, really like. Probably one of my favorite pages on all of Instagram. Um, and I'm going to meet up with this person at the concert uh, she's going to be visiting. And uh, so stoked because this is like one of my favorite um, people on all of Instagram. And uh, yeah, like it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. So if you guys want to meet up with me there. Um, I just wanted to share that because holy shit, that's serendipitous, man. Uh, I discovered the Gaslight Anthem. I mean, I discovered Gaslighting through this band, the Gaslight Anthem. And on the one year anniversary, as like one year ago, I was I was researching this shit. And now I'm going to be like, because of this band, and now I'm going to be there. And it's just, wow. Wow. What, what a, is there a cooler way to celebrate, you know, one year of discovering Gaslighting than that? Um and I want to do something special uh, on October 30th of 2022 because that'll be one year since I left the house. So October 8th is the Gaslight Anthem show and then October 30th is my one year anniversary of, of leaving my home. And uh, I kind of – it's funny. I kind of have this this um, weird – I don't know if you call it a fantasy or this idealism or whatever. But I almost have like this like Cheers vision in my head. If you remember the show Cheers, like I just want to get like everybody who is important to me and get them together at a bar on October the 30th. And just say, like, fucking thanks, man. Like, thank you. Thank you for seeing me through this in the last year. Like, I could not have done it without so many people who were so instrumental in my life. It's just wild. It's just so, so cool. So, um, yeah, that's it. Um, So, listen, this is going to be a shorter episode because, like I said, like, I'm pushing myself to do these episodes to get them out. Um, because I do have stuff to talk about, but I'm also so, so busy. So seriously, if you want to do an episode, reach out to me, shoot me a DM on Instagram. You can shoot me an email at dimming the gaslight, uh, dimming the gaslight at gmail.com. Um, and let's do an episode. Let's get one out there because I need to start banking them to make it easier for me to do these episodes or else I'm going to have to take a hiatus maybe. And, uh, you know, I'll start banking them off the air. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening as always. I, I really do appreciate that you guys stick through me and uh, I really do look forward to the messages that I get on Sunday morning when, when everybody's listening to these episodes and um, it really does go straight to my heart. So I really do appreciate you. Um, I'm going to end it here. Uh, remember to leave a review on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Give it five stars. Um, email me if you'd like to be on the show. 
follow me at dimming underscore the underscore gaslight on Instagram and TikTok. And uh, I'll see you guys next time.